Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Get Well Soon podcast. I'm your host, Aiden Baker, and oh my god, it's been too long. It's been way too long since I've gotten on this microphone and talked to you all, and I've missed you guys. I've missed doing this. Like, I've, I've felt kind of lost without having the podcast to come back to every couple of weeks and to be able to just ramble about my life and ramble about these lessons I've learned in life and everything in between. And I'm excited to get back to that in 2023 and hopefully do it more consistently. I know I said I would last time, but I mean it this time. I'm going to keep this up and be committed. And I owe it to y'all to stay consistent on here because you know, some people do enjoy listening to this podcast. It shocks me still, but I love that you all are here for this ride, and I'm going to try to provide and produce and be more consistent. But I know you all have been wondering, like, where the hell has Aiden been? And to be honest, I've been wondering that myself. I feel like life's been crazy and not crazy at the same time over the last however many months since we last met and spoke. I mean, obviously I've been digging deeper into my job, which has been fun, but it's like the more I lean into this new routine of post-grad life, it's like the more of an adult I'm really, really becoming. Like, I'm paying bills. I'm worried about 401ks. Lots of, like, big boy stuff. It's just daunting at times, but also not as scary as it may have seemed when I was younger, but I'm just taking it as it comes day by day. And I love my job and I love the people I work with. And that's been a lot of fun to get more established with and lean into. I, you know, found a weird new love for jazz music. I don't know what it is about jazz music, but it is so comforting. And it's the only thing that I can, like, focus with. If I'm just in a mental block reading or typing something for work or whatever it is, I can immediately focus better when I turn on jazz music. And it's just, it's it's so weird. Like, I've always loved music, but I have never loved it from, like, a... I guess, student perspective, student in the sense of like really understanding musicality, but jazz, like listening to jazz has completely made me look at music differently because it's like, I don't know what it is. The way that that an artist or a singer is able to tell a story with lyrics or, you know, poetry even write like what they write jazz musicians tell that same story with their instruments and it is the most mind-boggling but beautiful thing ever and there's something just so calming about a good jazz song like some smooth jazz is just perfect for anything but particularly for me it's great for focusing and like calming myself down i don't know how many 
anxiety episodes I've calmed with jazz music lately. It's just like, it's crazy. I never thought it would be that big of a thing in my life, but it's become a necessity for me. So that's new. Um, I'm back in my gym routine bag. Oh my gosh. So I just started this thing that I'm doing with my dad for the next 75 days called the 75 hard challenge i've like modified it it's pretty much like 75 soft for me because i don't know they're not built for all that but in its essence what like the actual challenge is, is for 75 days straight you're supposed to do two workouts a day you cut out alcohol from your diet you pick like an additional diet to follow and then you drink a gallon of water a day you read 10 pages of a book a day and then there's some other component to it that I'm missing but I've like modified it and shifted it for myself so it's going to be 75 weekdays instead of 75 straight days because I, I need a break I need a break I'm human but I'm doing the two workouts still drinking the gallon of water I really don't drink during the week like that so the no alcohol thing and you know, i'm cool on that and i mean i love a wine night and it's hard to give that up to be very honest with you so keeping that um instead of the diet because i have all these opinions about diet culture and yeah, i don't need to get into that right now but like i'm doing one vegetable heavy meal a day which has been pretty good so far four days in it's been pretty you know easy to keep up with and then i've added journaling each day in addition to the read 10 pages a day and that's been good it's kept me like pretty sharp and pretty disciplined i haven't had a lot of routine true routine in my life since you know college i'd say even before college when i had sports in high school that really kept me locked in because i my day was always booked up with something so i had to be on a tight schedule, but this has helped me kind of like repurpose and be more productive with my day. And I've loved it so far. It's kicking my butt. Like, to be very honest with you, it is whooping me. Like, I don't know. I've been out of sports for a while, so I don't move like I used to. I know I say that at the age of 23 and someone, one of my parents or one of my elder mentors is laughing, listening to this, but I really, I don't move like I used to. And uh, it's pushed me physically to get back to the shape where, you know, I was. And it's been good for me, though. I can't complain. It's keeping me, you know, mentally sharp with the reading and the journaling and emotionally, you know, keeping me in check and, you know, physically as well. I, you know, it's been good. And we'll see if I can go for the 75 full days. I hope I can. That's my goal. So we'll see. But just trying to take care of myself in the best way possible. And this has been good. And I'm doing it with my dad. You know, father-son bonding from a distance, which is fun. Can't go wrong with that. I've also gotten a new therapist. He's fantastic. I think what was missing from prior therapists was that I wasn't being challenged and listened to at the same time 
which I think is so important. Like, obviously, the key component of therapy is that you have a space where you can unapologetically speak about how you're feeling and also get some professional guidance on what to do with those feelings and those thoughts. And it's a delicate balance of both the the challenging of your thinking and the guidance with the safe space for speaking, inventing, and listening. And the therapist I have right now is just like really, really good at that, like finding that balance and giving me the space to think and process. And I don't think I realized how much was on my mind until I started speaking about it because the last like 22 months of my life have been unbelievable. I'd say even further than that, like starting at the pandemic, there's so much that I have yet to unpack or had yet to unpack that I really thought I was kind of solid on and therapy getting back into the swing of regular therapy is completely like flipped that for me and opened up a lot of compartmentalized thoughts and ideas and feelings and emotions that, you know, were kind of collecting dust on a shelf in my brain, but I'm glad that we're opening that up and I've felt more relaxed and clear because of that. And it's been great. And I feel like I've done a lot to let go of things that I can't control and just focus on the things that are in my court and the things that I can control and can help. And it's completely changed. Like my, I feel like my outlook and point of view on lots of things in life. So another resounding endorsement for therapy. If you can get into it, get into it. It's just like invaluable to me and I understand it's a privilege, not a right, but I really hope if you can go to therapy that you go to therapy because it's, you know, life-changing in every sense of the word. What else is going on? Um, I think Mercury's been in retrograde at least twice since I last jumped on this microphone and oh my god. Without fail, each time Mercury is in retrograde, just something weird happens in my life. Or it's not even that a specific event occurs. If it's not that, then the vibes are just off. And I just feel so off balance. And like, again, I'm not an astrology expert. I am no genius in that field by any means. I have friends that are, but I'm not. I just know my big three, and I know when Mercury is in retrograde, lock your doors, lock your windows, hide your kids, hide your wife, you know, like that kind of stuff. I just, I don't, I don't get it, but every time Mercury goes into retrograde, something weird happens, and I always just feel like knocked off balance, and it's weird, but I've survived it twice. Now, I mean, maybe three times. I don't remember how many times it's happened. But, like, it's just always such an inconvenience. 
And it's like the weirdest things happen. And there's no other logical explanation for why they happen other than the fact that Mercury's in retrograde. It is just such a nasty time. I just like, I try not to move or do anything drastic or crazy because I'm I'm like, it's not going to work in my favor. I'm like, if I just go to work, come home, play video games, watch TV, go to the gym, you know, stick to the basics, I'll be fine. Don't try to do anything crazy off the beaten path because then it's like the universe is like, whoa, why are you stepping out of line? I'm going to have to punish you for it. So I think I've just learned my lesson that whenever Mercury's in retrograde, just leave it alone. I just, I just leave it, I leave it be. I leave it be. I would be remiss if I didn't mention SZA dropping her album during this kind of hiatus I've had. And, you know, obviously listeners of this podcast know how much I love music. My friends know how much I love SZA. I think she's a genius. I think lyrically, she's so talented. Her pen is uh, incredible, actually. And there's a song that I, I just have had on repeat for, I feel like, ever since the album dropped called um, Ghost in the Machine with um, Phoebe Bridgers. And the song is just so excellent because it feels like sonically and lyrically how I felt for the last few months. The production on the song is very airy and light and you almost feel like you're floating when you're listening to it. And I felt like I've been floating, but kind of like out of my body. Not to be weird or ghostly or spiritually or whatever, but like I've literally felt like detached from my body in the sense that consciously, emotionally, I've been overthinking a lot of things, but my body physically, I've been still going through the motions of living the life of Aiden Baker. I've been going to work, doing the daily routine, but I don't think I've been present for much of it. I've just been kind of like another day, get up, go do what you do. But I've been so in my head and in my own emotions about things. And the song talks so much about like craving something real, craving humanity and all these thoughts about like robots and AI and the future and not being of your own mind and being on autopilot and needing someone to distract you from like the disaster of the world around you and things like, and like that, that to me is something I think about all the time because if I think past 24, 48 hours, most days I get so anxious. I, I like almost have to be rooted in the present. I'd have existential crises at the drop of a hat. Like, it's bad. I don't like to think about when I'm 70, 80. Just that freaks me out. Like, it's a lot. So I try to be present, almost like so present to a fault. But lately, I've, like, struggled to do that. I've been so in my head about, you know, the next three weeks, the next month, the next year, it's like pulled me from being able to 
live in the moments that I've been in. And I had to, you know, ask myself the question that is the title of this episode. Where the hell is Aiden? Where is Aiden? Who is Aiden? Like, what, what's going on? And I've been struggling to find that answer because I've been so lost in my own head and in my own anxieties and feeling this need to, you know, belong and have a goal or a motivation or ambition. And one of the things that's helped me kind of ground myself in the last few days, I'd say, even the last few months, because I've been at this for a while, but I've been reading this book that one of my coworkers recommended to me, and it's called um, Atomic Habits. It's by James Clear, and it's honestly one of the best things I've ever read in my life. I don't read a lot, so the list is short, but it's still been one of the most impactful books I think I've ever picked up. And I could do a whole episode on it. I probably will when I finish it. I've got one chapter left. I'm literally on the conclusion of the book. But one thing I do want to share from it today on the topic of identity is how identity links to your habits, good or bad. And I guess in broad strokes, the book is about implementing small changes in your life and working to get 1% better each day at whatever it is that you're looking to grow in and how those little changes compound over time to make you great and make you a better person. And there's a particular component of that habit implementation, if you will, that has to do with your identity. And I'll, I'll give the example from the book because I think it's genius and it's changed my perspective on kind of my why behind what I do in life in the little things, not necessarily like my, my why is like my reasons to live or my reasons to go and achieve or whatever, but the little things are like why I do what I do each day. So the example goes, there's two, there's two people. Both of them are, they want to quit smoking. They've, they've had enough. They want to change, you know, their lives, change their habit of smoking and break down that bad habit and move from it. And both, both of these people are approached to, like they're offered a cigarette. And the first person says, well, no, I'm, I shouldn't. I'm, you know, I'm trying to quit smoking. So no. And then the second person says, oh, no, I'm not a smoker. And obviously both, both of these people, like they deny the offer of the cigarette, which is important. However, the first person says, oh, no, I'm trying to quit smoking, which if you look at it from the perspective of James Clear, our, our author, how he breaks it down is the first person is not taking into account their identity in relation to this 
need to quit smoking. They're speaking from the perspective of, well, I'm still a smoker that's trying to quit smoking. I'm working to alleviate this habit, not necessarily change how it relates to me or how it affects my identity and my being. The second person who said, no, I'm not a smoker, is making it bigger than just the act of quitting smoking. It's a part of, it's not, it's just not a part of who they are anymore. They're not a smoker. So anything related to that, related to smoking and related to who they were, you know, when they were smoking, is it's all put in the past and now they're describing themselves as a person who has cut that completely out of their identity, making room for all these better habits and these these more positive compounding decisions that they can make in their life to, you know, cast votes for this person that they want to be and that they know they can be. And that, to me, has kind of brought me back down to earth because in this, you know, day-to-day routine I've built for myself now, I've been trying to figure out why do I do what I do? Who am I? You know, what's my what's my why? And I've tried to change my why around a lot of the things that I do and give it purpose that keeps me on track of being, you know, the best version of myself that I know I can be and that I want to be. For example, with the gym, I have been notoriously kind of inconsistent with gym routines. I'll get into it for a little while. And then I'll fall out of it. Why? Because my reasoning was never for health. It was never for wellness. It was always for aesthetics because of comparison to men on the internet. And people my age who, you know, post pictures at the gym and they have these crazy cut bodies and they look attractive and great. And it's like, oh, I want to to look like that why don't I look like that so it was like I was forcing myself to go to the gym not to be healthy not to work out in a way that was supportive of me and my health but to work out in a way that would make me look like somebody else I wasn't working out for myself I was working out to be someone else now I think about why do I go to the gym well I I want to be a healthy person I am a healthy person I am an athlete. I want to be an athlete in some sort. You know, not professionally, but I want to be able to physically feel athletic. And now I go to the gym. I do workouts that make me feel good. They push me. And they're working out the right parts of me to keep me healthy and keep my body, you know, trending in the right direction. And now, like, the aesthetic part of it that I was so worried about, it just comes along with it it's not the sole purpose and in in you know in conjunction with that i've been able to put less pressure on myself to be wrapped up in social media all of that just because i've changed my perspective on what going to the gym means to me i've freed up that need to subscribe to content where i'm watching you know gym routines and watching these guys that are my age and even younger go and get these ripped like super strong bodies and like 
beating myself up because I didn't have that. And now I'm freeing up headspace to focus on myself, focus on my health physically and how I'm feeling. And I'm able to just enjoy my gym routine and know that it's for me and for me only. It's because I want to be healthy and I want to be athletic. And that to me has been so key. And it's how I now look at everything I do on a day-to-day basis. I think about it from an identity perspective. How are my habits casting votes for being the person that I want to be? And I hope that if you're listening and you're feeling sort of out of your body and lost and trying to figure out who you are, think about why you do what you do in relation to your identity. Are you doing what you do every day? Are your daily habits geared toward you being the best version of yourself? Are the habits that you do every day putting in votes towards the identity that you want to have for yourself? And is it a positive one? And that has, you know, helped me figure out where I want to go, who I am, and kind of rediscover and redefine myself in this new chapter of my life. And it's not a big leap or big life change. It's just like a little thing. It's the way I talk to myself. It's the way I frame the necessity for my day-to-day habits. And it's so simple. And I really hope that anyone that wants to implement it does and is able to just learn a thing or two from what I've been able to share tonight about that. Because that's, you know, had tremendous impact on my life. And I know it can for all of you listening as well. And so I hope you take that away from this conversation, if nothing else, that your habits form from starting to look at your identity first. You have to start with who you are and why you do what you do. And then start thinking about, you know, what you do and what you're doing each day. Wow. I mean, that was a lot. <laughs> um, like I said, I'm glad to be back on the mic. I appreciate all of you so much for sticking with the podcast in the dark, kind of quiet periods where nothing's happening. I appreciate you trusting me as a host. And I appreciate you listening to these episodes as always because it's it always makes me feel good that at least one person can turn this podcast on and feel seen heard and take something away that impacts their life for the better it's all I ever hope to do is just leave a positive impact on the people around me in this lifetime I won't think too hard about this lifetime because I'm going to have an existential crisis, but you know what I mean. Just glad to be back, and I appreciate you for listening and looking to do this much more frequently. So I'll see you sooner rather than later. Have a wonderful, 
wonderful few days coming up. And I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.